I can only imagine. Have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever tried to think what it was like for maybe somebody that you knew to enter into the presence of God? You know, I, I sometimes I think about my mother in heaven, and I think, well, you know, I, if, there are, if there were, and the Bible says there aren't, but if there were weddings, okay, so there's receptions, lots of receptions in, in heaven, right? My mom is in charge of the reception table committee. She was amazing at that, created a lot of extra work for my dad when she would have these great ideas and stuff, but, but they always looked amazing, and I can just see her up there, you know, um, tending to the, to the folks that are coming in into heaven. And, and the, another, another phrase in that song that we just sang, I can only imagine, uh, the word forever. Have you ever thought about that word? Forever? Uh, some of you, it just came to mind, I, I think it, it was... Uh, I don't know, that one movie where the kid goes, forever, right? What is that? Sandlot, yeah, Sandlot. Well, welcome to week three of Daring Faith. You know, we've, we started out talking about this chair right here a couple weeks ago and how too often in life as Christians, as human beings, we, we get comfortable in our life and, and that's our goal is to get comfortable, to kick back, to kind of to do life with as much you know, comfort and joy and lack of work as we possibly can. And when we sort of get into that zone and God calls us to something, wants us to step out in faith in something, we, we either don't hear it or we ignore it or we, you know, we just stay in that chair until that feeling goes away. You know, like that feeling to run for me every once in a while. It's like, well, if I just wait long enough, it'll go away. And then I don't have to run. That's kind of the way it is in, in the chair. Uh, you know, we talked last week a little bit about uh, the adventure that, that is and the mission of the church, to, to love people, to love God and love people. You know, growing as followers of Christ as a church family and, and inviting others to the great adventure that is the Christian faith. And, and I wonder if maybe you have thought about that a little bit this week or maybe what is... what. What kind of part does God have for me in that? And, and maybe, you've, maybe you've slipped back in the chair and thought, well, you know, I, God wouldn't have anything for me. I'm not all that exciting of a person. And, and, you know, God really wouldn't have anything for me. Well, I think you're wrong. And uh, I want to engage your mind with us today because God is, is calling us to an adventure, to a great vision, God's vision and purpose for you as an individual and for us as a group of individuals together, the church. I mean, God put us on this earth for a reason. I was having a conversation with a college student a couple of days ago, and they said they have this friend who says that, you know, we just, there is no God, you know, there is no purpose to life. And this college student looked at her friend and said, then why do we, why are we on this earth? You know, we have a purpose. We have a reason for being here. God, God put us here. We sang a song that said, our first breath came from him. I believe that. He breathed life into each one of us when we came out of the womb, just as he breathed life into Adam and Eve in the very beginning. Now, think about that. Think about a great purpose. Think about, have you, have you, ever, have you ever imagined things? Have you ever you know, sat down in your chair and put down the phone, shut the TV off, and just tried to think of things. You know, maybe great things, maybe not so great things. Um, just, just to imagine. Every grand and great accomplishment in the history, really, of 
of our planet came from someone dreaming about something. Someone imagining that something could exist. You know, the fact that we can look at our... I remember, I remember watching the Jetsons as a young child thinking it would be totally crazy if we could actually look into a TV and talk to the person on the other side. Pure science fiction, right? That would never happen. I am thankful for FaceTime and having a grandson that lives 800 miles away because we get to see him running around in his underwear in the house, right? There was a, there was a woman that uh, was just getting ready to step in the shower and she heard a knock at the door and she thought, oh. She said, who is it? And the guy said, uh, it's the blind guy. And she thought, oh, well, that's okay. So she goes to the door and opens it. And the guy, shocked that there's this naked woman standing in front of him, says, I'm here to install your blinds. <laughs> I actually wasn't going to tell that, but then it just sort of fell in. And, and Now that I put that image in your head, I'm sorry about that. But... We need, to, we need to dream. We need to dream. I, I think somewhat of our imaginations have gone out the window because of computer-generated graphics and movies. You know, I, I've also heard people who, uh, who were, uh, you know, went to, like, uh, some movie, and they're like, I wonder where that was filmed. Dude, it was all generated by computers. It wasn't filmed anywhere. They can create whatever they want. Whatever amazing place. And then when you see pictures like on a, on a Wild Photos Facebook page that are, that are taken of the stars with a few filters, but, but it's an actual photo, I'm suspicious that it's actually real. I think, was, was that computer generated? But it's a picture of the amazing creation, an actual picture of the amazing creation of God. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this, where there is no vision the people perish if we don't think of something greater than ourselves we sort of cease to be alive we we just fall into sort of a boring a boring life um, without dreams God says the people will perish without a vision of why we are here as a church without a vision of why we are on this planet as a person our sense of aliveness will will die. And one of the great gifts God gives us is our ability to dream, our ability to imagine. That was wired into us. That was a gift from God. I mean, he created all things. The, the ability to see things in our mind, to think, to dream, to create with mental pictures in our mind. I mean, I was told growing up that I had an active imagination. I mean, my, my imagination was so great that one day, holding a rock, I thought, I want to make this rock sharp. Seeing a pump jack under the, uh, under the windmill in our yard, I was four years old, uh, I saw the wide drive pulley on that pump jack, and I'd seen Dad use the bench grinder in the shop before to sharpen things. And I thought, I, I can make this rock sharp. And I went over, and I started rubbing that rock on that wide drive pulley and got my hand in there and lost these three fingers. I was four, right? Imagination. Sometimes I wonder what happened to that imagination. I've sort of fallen into just the regular routine. I, I, I cease to dream dreams 
Um, does anybody remember the movie Miracle on Ice? Raise your hand because I want to actually see. Anybody see the movie Miracle on Ice? Okay, we're kind of dating ourselves a little bit with that. Um, well, Miracle on Ice was a story, uh, a movie about the U.S. hockey team that won the gold medal in 1980. Now, I wish Dick Young was here because he knew Herb Brooks personally, uh, the coach of that Olympic hockey team. And you cannot find it. If it exists, I don't know where it is. It's not online, and I've looked in lots of uh, memorabilia stores because I wanted to actually get it and give it to Dick as a, as, a, as a gift. But there is not a picture of the hockey team right after the win with Herb Brooks in it. Because when they won that game, you, and I watched, I watched the video on YouTube this week, and Al Michaels says what, what I think uh, will, will ring in my ears forever, having a, a sports analyst say this. He says, in the last minute of the game, they count down the game in this video. It's only a couple minutes long. And, and Herb, or, uh, Al Michaels says out loud in the final seconds, do you believe in miracles? And in 1984, a U.S. made up of amateurs, college students, hockey team, to beat a hockey team from another. That was back before they allowed NHL professional, at least professional in the United States players, to play. All of those teams, the Russians, they were all paid to play. They were provided for and all of that. They were the best. It, in, in many ways, it was a miracle. But I don't believe in miracles because we beat the Russian hockey team in 1980. I believe in miracles because I have lived here long enough you long enough to see them every day, every week. We, we've seen kids in head-on collisions survive. We have seen people miraculously uh, healed. We, we have seen families. We've seen relationships healed. If we just look we can see God still doing miracles today. Now, if I could get everybody to stand, everybody, right where you sit, stand up. All right. Everybody's standing up. Okay, now I want ten people. You four sit down. You three sit down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Perfect. Right there. Now, I didn't ask Dick. I meant to, and I forgot. 20, everybody else stay standing. 25, well, no, it was more. It was 40. Cheyenne Hills just celebrated their 25th anniversary last night. Uh, we just celebrated our, well, we didn't celebrate it, but we're, we've been here 40 years. 40 plus years ago, and this is how, I don't, I don't know how many people were in the Bible study, but let's just, for sake of illustration, 10 people in lingo with Pastor Dick said, you know what? Um, we see things happening here. Uh, we, our kids need a, a church where they can experience uh, um, you know, Jesus Christ in a real way. Some of you were even a part of that, weren't you? Were, were you guys here back when? Were you in the original Bible study? Is there anybody in this building that was in the original Bible study? Nancy Lanfear. Nancy, you can sit down. <laughs> see? See? Susie. Susie's not here. Yeah, he, were, you were in the original? What were you, five? Oh, you were seven. You're that old? 
Here's the thing. I think there were probably people when, when they were starting this Bible study that thought they were crazy. That might have thought they were a little bit nuts. And I think probably some of them were. Um, to think that, that anything great could come out of a small group of people um, meeting uh, with some, some grand ideas. There was no building, there was no property, there was no youth pastor, there was no worship pastor, and all of us are in this room today because those 10 people decided, you know what, let's take a risk. Let's dream. Let's imagine what God can do here. I think when they built, go ahead and sit down, I think when they built this church and they built it to seat 250 people back then, they probably thought, why on earth are you building a building so big? What do you think God can do? And they I wish they built it bigger. Um, we got a dream. Again, we have to imagine. Again, to find my place in my notes. Again. Why North Hills? Why, why did they establish the ministries that they did or the programs that they did? I think, again, it was because they believed that their family and friends and children needed a church where they could experience God. And there were lots of other people in Goshen County that needed the same. Not that there weren't churches already doing that, mind you, but Converge, Converge Worldwide has, has figured out that, that the best way to increase the number of converts in an area is to plant a new church. Give a fresh and different voice to the community. It's happening in Lusk. And today, I believe, and, and I, I know our elders do as well, that this is a pivotal time. We're at year 40. It's, it's midlife crisis time. And, and maybe that's just coming from me. I don't know. But what are we going to be in five years? What are we going to be in 10 years? We, we have a generation now that thinks differently, that hears differently, that experiences life differently. The message hasn't changed. The gospel hasn't changed. But the way that we distribute that and get that to the people has got to change. It really does. And, and uh, let's see, I, I think it's time after 40 years to start imagining, maybe doing some different things. Maybe, maybe, we, need to think, maybe we need to think like those 10 people or so did 40 years ago and say, clean slate, fresh start, what should we do? And I want to solicit your help in this, your prayers in this. So let's dream. You know, I briefly touched on this last week, but, and I don't know who I heard it from first, but I know it came from Pastor Dick Young. Dick had this idea of, of North Hills, uh, as far as a vision statement or a mission, um, meeting or, or taking the gospel to our fair share of people in Goshen County. Now, I know we have people from Platte County and maybe even Scottsbluff County. And um, uh, so hang with me here. And I remembered the number 17,000. And when I got to looking at the population of Goshen County, it's not 17,000. It may have been at one time. It's 13,300 and some. So if we think of the number of people in Goshen County, 13,300 and some, and I went through the list of churches in Goshen County, and this is generous, but I think there's about 18 evangelical churches. That includes mainline Protestant churches, by the way. About 18. If we do the math there, it comes, it comes to about, rounding up a couple points, 750 people. If every church in Goshen, evangelical church in Goshen County was, was trying to reach their fair share, 
eat, and we were, we each would have 750 people in our churches on a Sunday morning worshiping and, and being discipled. Now, if you think about our church, if we take the biggest service we have every year, that's Easter over at EWC, last year it was 400 people, even the biggest service we have still lacks 350 people of our fair share. That should bother us, I think. How many people, just in lingo, are sitting in their homes right now, drinking coffee or, or whatever, you know, watching Tennessee and whatever, whoever's playing over in Europe today, I don't even know who it is, but um, who, could, who could instead be experiencing a life-changing relationship with the creator of the universe? I want us to dream about that. I want us to dream about meeting, uh, about um, going after, as Jesus did the one sheep, going after our fair share of people in Goshen County. Now, one of the ways that I want to do that, and, and I, this is what I need your help from this morning, um, I, my wife and I put together this board, and uh, we have a photograph here. This is Goshen County, and we couldn't get it big enough that the cities actually had enough room on them, so we, we blew up the cities, so to speak. Um, it's hard really to blow up JM. It's like, it's like one street in, in JM. But we have JM, Fort Laramie, Guernsey, Lingle, uh, Torrington, Yoder, Hawk Springs, LaGrange, Henry, and if you're here this morning and, and you are in another city, I want you to write up here your, your household and your address and what city so that we can add that to this map because this is going to stay here for the rest of the series. Now, here's what I want. Uh, and you guys in the balcony might just have to hurry a little bit. I want one representative from every household. I want you to come down here. I've got pins right here. And I want you to put a pin on this map representing your family, where you are physically, geographically, okay? So I'm, I'm going to come over here to Lingle, 3rd Street. I know that's lighter. Right there. That's mine. Right now, come up here, grab a pen. It's going to take a few minutes, I know, but that's okay. Grab a pen. One person from each household.
right. Whew. It did take a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. What did you say? Shorten the sermon. Wow. Okay. So I want to leave this up here as a reminder, and what I want us to do is I want us to dream. You know, if you look at the county and you look at the cities, we, we have people in, in many of them. You know, from Henry to, uh, we don't have anybody in Hawk Springs or Yoder or LaGrange might need some people to start thinking about moving. Uh, we have Wheatland and Casper and Livestream. Nice, whoever, Judy, good to have you here with us. Uh, Guernsey, almost JM. We have JM up here in close proximity. Uh, Mandy White was disappointed I didn't have any white pins for her. Um, and, and I want us to start dreaming about what does it look like for us to reach our county. We have representation throughout the county. Now, what do we, maybe there's some target areas. Maybe there's some, some, some people that live in your neighborhood that as you put that pin in there, you're thinking, you know, they don't know Jesus, they don't know Jesus, or I don't know them very well. And, and, and what, what can we begin dreaming about doing to see them come to faith in Christ? Ultimately, that's what it is. We, we want to see them experience the forgiveness and the grace of our Creator in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I've done a little bit of dreaming, and, and I want to ask you to commit to pray every day for the next 365 days. Okay? One year from now, and dream and imagine. How can you be a part of reaching your neighborhood? How can you be a part of reaching your area or your family, your towns, your housing area? Let's, let's dream about what other sort of local missions uh, we can be a part of. You know, we, we have a Stevens ministry that is growing and is being utilized. That's part of that. We have Project One. Uh, that happens every year. But are there other ministries that we could start or partner with in Goshen County that would help to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and meet the needs of people. Let's dream about that. What, what are, are there some new ones? Do we need to get rid of an old one? I, I don't know. I'm asking you to join me and our elders in praying for what God wants us to be and do for the next five years. What about overseas? 22% of our General offering every morning goes to missions. A third of that is focused overseas. Is, do we need to increase our support? Do we need to find a people group somewhere that's never even heard the gospel? That, that ministries, I know Converge is doing this, are looking for financial support to, to hire the local people, find the local people to become the pastors and the missionaries in those islands or those countries. Maybe it's... it's Maybe it's reaching the hand of North Hills across the ocean in that way. Maybe it's increasing our support of Manon Strong or Steffi Sandlin or Doug and Stephanie Lewis or brand new people somewhere else. I'm asking us to imagine what would it be like? 
What would it be like for North Hills to have a missionary in the Philippines or in Ethiopia or, or another country somewhere else? Maybe it's, maybe it's time to consider another staff member. That would be a stretch of faith, wouldn't it? Financially. But if God calls us to something and we respond in obedience, he's going to provide what we need for that. We've experienced that over and over and over. Maybe we need a new teaching pastor or a family pastor to help us reach young adults and young families. Create learning opportunities for our next generation to grow and serve or a care pastor to help meet the needs of people. I don't know. Again, throwing out ideas. Let's dream. Let's imagine what it would be like. Imagine what our congregation would be like, could be like. I mean, now the reason that we have this gift of imagination is because God imagines. I mean, only an imaginative, created creator could produce people and the planets like he did, right? And and I want to talk about that for a little bit. The Bible actually gives us three categories of imagination. I want to talk about those. Real quick, the first one is this. The Bible tells us there are things that we should not imagine. Okay, worry is a misuse of our imagination. We, we get something in our head, and we think it might be a certain way, and we begin thinking about that and worrying about it, and before long it's happened in our head at the worst possible way, and what we've allowed our mind to do is to imagine and worry about something that may not even happen. That is a misuse. We should not imagine that way. I fight that one a lot. Lust is a misuse of our imagination. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, Jesus said, Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That applies to women too, not just men. Lust is a misuse of our imagination. In fact, Jesus I mean, God created us as sexual creatures, but Jesus says there's zero tolerance for lust. It's, it's like committing adultery in your heart, in your mind. Uh, revenge is a misuse of imagination. When you, think, when you think, I know how I'm going to get back at that person, and you come up with a way in your mind, that's a misuse of your imagination. There really are some things that we should not imagine. Then the Bible says there are some things we cannot imagine. I mean, God is so great, it's impossible for us to imagine him. <laughs> it's like, you know, I've, I heard the statement one time, uh, define the universe and give three examples. God is the same way. Indescribable. The Bible says very clearly multiple times that we can't imagine how much God loves us. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you, God says this, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. We, we can't understand everlasting. It's impossible for us. We can try, and I think we should. We can attempt to imagine it, but it, it never will become real or even close in our mind. No matter what we've done, God's love for us never changes. I mean, it, it, God loves me when uh, on my good days. He loves me on my bad days. He loves me when I do the things I should. He loves me when I don't do the things I should. 
The Bible says you can't imagine what heaven is going to be like. I mean, mercy me says I can only imagine, right? But what you imagine is not even close. We can't imagine how cool and how great and wonderful it's going to be. And the fact that heaven is forever, try and get your armor wrapped, your head wrapped around that, we just can't. And don't worry about that harp thing, right? And that it's going to be boring, that heaven's going to be boring. I mean, that's not biblical. I don't know where that came from. Maybe a terrible musician? I don't know. Um, and, then, and then the third thing, and then, and then there are things that we should imagine. There are things that we should imagine. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Fix your thoughts or think about these things. That means, that means concentrate, focus, consider, meditate on. It means imagine. Imagine. Think about these things. What is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Lovely, beautiful things, admirable things, things that are right, things that are good. Think about those things. Imagine those things. When you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, think about those things. Imagine life experiencing those things. Those are the kinds of things that God wants us to imagine. Why? Why does God want us to imagine what's good and right and pure and lovely and admirable? Well, I think there's three things there as well. First of all, God knows that our imagination shapes our life. My imagination shapes my life. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, in the King James translation, it says this, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. As she thinks within herself, so she is. I mean, I'm sure it's no surprise to any of us, honestly, that we act out precisely the things that we constantly put in our head, that we put in our mind, that we put in our heart. In other words, we become what we think about. You ever had your kids say, oh, I just listen to the, to, the, to the melody, Dad. I don't actually listen to the words. Baloney. If you're not listening to the words, you're hearing the words. My daughter argued, my oldest daughter, argued with me one day. She wanted to go to this party, and we said no because they were going to show some movies that had bad language in it. And she says, it's not like I don't hear that at school every day, and I don't talk like that. Which then we found not to be true because later we found out that she was a terrible potty mouth at school. Why? Because of the things she put in her head. I didn't have trouble with that in high school because I never, ever heard it at home. Uh, that didn't fit very well with that illustration, did it? If you think about it, my daughter had a potty mouth at school. Well, she must have heard that at home. No, she did not hear that at home. <laughs> you weren't sort of following my logic there, were you? I mean, the, there are also people that say, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. I couldn't be this. I couldn't be that. And you would be right, because if you have that thought, if you have that attitude, of course you're going to be right. Many times we say, I can do this. I, I will do this. I'm going to trust God for this. What happens? We do this because we trust God for it. Anybody in here with a raise of hands ever hear the phrase, can't died in the cornfield? Anybody? One. Wow. Two. Three. Can't died in the cornfield. My dad used to say that to me all the time. I'd say, but dad, I can't. Can't died in the cornfield. I looked it up to see if I was crazy or not, see if my dad was crazy. 
So that actually started out as a saying, Mr. Can't died in a cornfield. And the whole idea was that if you find yourself in a cornfield, not knowing where, so if you're in the corn maze out here, and you're in the middle of it, and you're lost, and you sit down, and you say, I can't get out, what's going to happen? You're going to die in that cornfield. It's a statement about trying. You know, I can't. No. If you, if you have that attitude, of course not. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In other words, be careful how you think, because how you, you think shapes your life. As a church, we can't stop growing. We can't stop thinking about ways that we can reach the next person with the good news of Jesus Christ. I mean, let's increase our imagination in regards to this. We get so, I'm guilty of this too, we get so wrapped up in the here and now, what we're experiencing in life, how to get to the next day or the next week, or how to end up in the black at the end of the year, that we forget Do you realize there's only one more Sunday in October? Life goes like this. Let's dream and imagine that as we live life like this, that along the way we are meeting and greeting people with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, I don't know what ways. I want us to dream about that. I want us to imagine these things. Because our imagination will shape our lives, individually and as a church. Number two, imagination is essential to living by faith. It's essential to living by faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Okay, it's not wishful thinking, this faith that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. It's knowing that because God said this, that though I don't see it yet, it's going to happen. I can trust him with that. It's, it's having the faith that even though we don't see it or feel it, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Warner von Braun, the father of the space age who built the Atlas rocket and the Saturn rockets that sent men to the moon, once said this, there has never been any significant achievement in human history that was not accompanied by faith. Believing that it can happen. It all started out when somebody believed it was possible believed it in advance, and we have to believe it before it happens. And what we're believing in is not just, again, wishful thinking. I'm not talking just, well, in some ways I am just talking about dreaming dreams, but I believe that God will form and formulate and shape our dreams. He will point us in the right direction. We often say things like, I'll believe it when I see it, right? I said that yesterday before the Huskers played. In fact, at halftime, I said, I'll believe it when I see it. They have this uncanny knack to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. But they didn't yesterday. They didn't. They didn't. And what are those miraculous things that we can dream about that God will shape? So, I mean, sometimes we have to believe it in order to see it. Joshua, when they went into the, actually went into the promised land, God said, I'm not going to part the Jordan like I did the Red Sea. God said, I'm going to part it, but first you got to step into the water. You guys got to start wading through like I'm going to do it. God gives us those things, those dreams, those, let's imagine those things. What does God want us to take a step in before he comes through? Communion and baptism are both symbols 
that engage our imagination, to engage our thinking, to, to kind of bring us back. I mean, God put those things in our life. Communion is a picture of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we partake, we try, I do, I try to imagine what it might have been like to be there when, when Jesus did this with the disciples or, or, or to be standing by when he was crucified on the cross and, and try to experience and recognize that. Baptism is a picture of his death and his burial and his resurrection. They're tools that God uses to engage our mind, our imagination. The rest of Hebrews chapter 11 is all about the heroes of the faith. Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, every one of them became heroes of the faith because, though they doubted sometimes, they used their imagination. Uh, God said to Abraham, Abraham, you're 99 years old and you have no kids, but I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of a great nation. And for about a decade, Abraham still had no kids. I mean, seriously, I believe he was 89 when God gave him this message, and he said, you're going to have kids. I mean, you're going to be the father of a nation. Could you imagine getting that message at 89? Seriously? I mean, you got to have an imagination to think that that could happen. But then he waits another 10 years. Still nothing happens, but God said it so... Really, what choice does Abraham have but to trust God that he's going to do what he said he was going to do even though it hasn't happened in 10 years and I'm almost 100 years old and I have not a child yet? In fact, God in Genesis chapter 15 verse 5 did this. He, he wanted Abraham to imagine this. He took him outside and he said, Look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he, God, said to Abraham, so shall your offspring be. Again, Abraham had to have a pretty big imagination to see that. But God said, this is, gonna, this is what I'm doing. So if God says to us, North Hills as a church, I want you to do such and such to reach the people in Goshen County, and we look at him and say, you're nuts. Are you kidding, God? What should our response be? I don't see it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're very clear on this. Together, we, we conclude that, yes, this is what God is saying. What then should we do? Whatever he says. Whatever he says. Our imagination shapes our life. Our imagination is essential to living by faith. And number three, great lives are built around great dreams. I'm not talking about the weird one that I had last night. It was really strange. But I'm talking about dreams that we receive when we're connected to the vine. I'm talking about when God gives us a great cause, a great purpose, a great dream as a church. But you know what? It's going to take all of us. It's one thing for me to have a dream, but if I have a dream... unlike someone else that had a dream at one time and said it that way. If, if you don't believe that my dream is the right dream, then I'm going to be looking for a new job. But if we all pray faithfully together that God would give us a dream, that, that we, we could imagine how God could use each and every one of us wherever he has us planted right now today or wants us to go someday, 
that if we are obedient to that and say yes to him, that, that in five years we won't be sitting here in the same way, with the same faces, wondering if there's anything great for us to do as a church. Wondering if there is some great purpose for us other than just coming every week. I want us to dream and visualize and think about Think about how God wants to use your gifts, your talents, your finances, your family, your career to make a difference in this world. And my prayer for you is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, and it says this. Paul said this about the Ephesians. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Notice this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. What is he's not talking about the people's physical heart. He's talking about their imagination, their mind, their thinking. He's saying, I pray that your imagination will come alive and that you'll be able to see God's dream for your life, God's dream, his vision for your family, his vision for your church. History proves what some people had a dream that they thought at the time maybe was not really that big of a deal. I don't know if Englishman William Wilberforce, he had a dream to end slavery in Great Britain. I don't know if he even dreamt that that would sweep across the entire world. But it did. Rosa Parks, I wonder if when she imagined herself sitting in the front seat, if she thought that decades later people would mention her name and know exactly who she was and what she did and how that moved along. The cause that, that, that she would be known all probably all over the world for what she did. I, I, don't, I, I don't want you to think that, oh, I just have a little dream. I mean, seriously, if, if you have a dream and God gives it to you, in my opinion, and I think in his, it's not a little dream. It's what he wants you to do. Now, I want all of us also to understand that that, that little dream you might have, you ever hear the statement that uh, the only bad question is a question not asked? I think the only bad dream or the, the bad idea or imagination is one that's not shared. And I want us to be careful not to throw cold water on somebody else's dream or imagination. Because again, if God is in it, no matter how crazy or dumb or nuts we think it is, God said in Acts chapter 2, I give dreams. I give visions. Let's believe him at his word. Now, I forgot to look at how to pronounce this. It's Agnes... Bojaju, B-O-J-A-X-H-I-U. That's the name. Agnes Bojaju was raised in Yugoslavia. She decided when she was 12 that she was going to become a nun. She left home at 18, six years later, and studied in India where she joined the Loretto Sisters. It's not a singing group, by the way. For the next 20 years, she taught school at St. Mary's High School, which was attended primarily by middle-class children. 
After 20 years teaching there, her colleagues described her as an average teacher. It was on a train in 1946 that she started dreaming, imagining something new. She went to her superiors and she announced to them that she had three pennies and a dream from God to build an orphanage. Her superiors looked at each other and they looked at her and they said, Mother Teresa, you can't build an orphanage with three pennies. I mean, three pennies, you can do nothing. She smiled. And she said, I know that, but with three pennies and a dream from God, I can do anything. And since then, tens of thousands have been rescued off the streets by Mother Teresa and her ministry. She started clinics for lepers, orphans, AIDS victims around the globe. She had a dream to accomplish great things, and it was with three pennies and a willing heart. If three pennies is all you got, and God said, I want you to take that three pennies and do whatever, move to LaGrange. <laughs> if he says that, when God wants something important accomplished, God very seldom sends down an army of angels. When God wants something important done, God usually doesn't send an army of people. In fact, I think more often than not, he plants a dream, or he takes a dream, he plants it into the mind and the heart of someone, and then he waits. Is God waiting on you today? Do you have a dream that he has already given you, that, that you have pushed away, or you have refused to, to water? How is the soil of your heart? He's already told you that you have the capabilities to do great things, that you have the potential to have a legacy that will really last. Church, let's dream. Let's imagine. Let's ask God to give us some BHAGs. Yep, BHAGs. Big, hairy, audacious goals. That's what a BHAG is. It's actually an old term, um, but. And if we end up with some ideas that are nuts or even maybe a little bit crazy, let's admit that we are. Let's, let's look to 2 Corinthians 5, 13 and 14. Look at this. If, Paul said this. If we are out of our mind, if we are nuts, crazy, as some say, it is for God. For Christ's love, uh, if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. If, if we are out of our mind, it is because of the sake of Christ. I believe that God can continue to use us, North Hills, to do unbelievable things around our community and the world. Crazy things. Crazy things through us. To love the one thing that God loves, which is not buildings, it's not organizations, the one thing that God is crazy about is people. It's people. Pray with me. Maybe even 
pray along with me as you hear my words. Father, I know that that I've imagined things that I should have, shouldn't have. Father, I know that, that I've worried and that there are times when I just wonder if the race is worth it. Father, I pray that you would help me to dream, help me to imagine, help me to be obedient when I recognize that this is from you, no matter how it feels, no matter how life looks or what I see happening in the future, I pray that you would use my imagination to dream. I pray that you would shape my life with that. And, and I mean, I, I want to have a great life. I want to have a great dream. And, and I want to play the role that you want me to play in, in building your church, in saving people who have not heard, who do not know. So as much as I know how, I'm saying yes to you today in whatever it is that you might call me to. And if you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you feel him calling you today to that, stop resisting respond to his call. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the Messiah. I believe that you're God with us. I surrender my life to you today. Continue to make yourself real to me. Help me to see. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender it all to you right now. And Father, I pray that we would be a church full of people who dream dreams. Help us to trust you. Help us to remember that when we call on Jesus, nothing is impossible. You direct our paths, you tell us in your word. And Father, I pray that you would start a movement in our church that all the forces of hell couldn't stop because we have daring faith. Give us a mission to reach the unreached in Goshen County, in Platte County, in Scotts Bluff County, in Laramie County, in Niobrara County. Give us a mission to reach across the world to another people group or whatever it is that you might have for us. Give us wisdom and dreams. Jumpstart our imaginations and strengthen our resolve to personally be obedient to you no matter what it is that you call us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, let's sing this last song as a declaration of what we believe.